Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello, and welcome to Season 24, Episode 15 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. My name is Stork. Stork's mic is muted. No. Whose fault is that? That'd be mine. That'd be yours. That'd be mine, Bob. Hi. Uh, in this episode of Happy Chicks RPG Podcast, Madison asks for tips as he's returning to GMing after a long while. Uh, Eric from New Jersey polls the hosts figuratively, okay. and Simon from London sends suggestions for being a good player. Mm-hmm. It could be a 10 foot pole, though. It could you gotta be. have one. Mm-hmm. But first, if you'd like to email us, email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We're on social media. Happy Jacks RPG, all one word, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and MeWe. And then the forum, happyjacksforum.com. Go to our forum. Yep. Start a flame war. Yeah. Or two. Mm-hmm. And starting this weekend is JackerCon. JackerCon! So, jackercon.com um, to... Uh, there might still be spots and games. Um, I know a couple of us are still going to be adding games a little bit. It's lasting for a whole week. And it's our awesome fan-run online convention. So you can play from anywhere in the world. I thought it was that 1980s singer, JackerCon. Mm, no. JackerCon? <laughs> I got it. I, I kind of got it. I knew there was something that rhymed with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I have to tell you the story. What? Go ahead. So we're talking about 80s like things. Mm-hmm. So this is the story I told you earlier. So uh, my husband and I are watching Masters of the Universe, right? Right. Because once in a while we decide to watch like bad movies that are like nostalgic and fun. And we were watching and we suddenly are like looking at this one character we're like, guy looks that guy looks like our next door neighbor. Yeah. He's like one of the named characters, the guy Charlie who owns the music shop or the pawn shop in it. Like we're looking at it, we're like, no way, that's Yeah, that's our neighbor. It's our neighbor. We look it up on IMDb. We're like, oh my god, it's totally him. It's a total <laughs> is LA. He's still moment. a working actor. Yeah, he's, he's he's got like the list of like all the the shows. He was like one episode of literally everything yeah. in the world. But he just this was like the one big movie working he actor. did. It was very good. Yeah. That was shot in Whittier when I was going to college there. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of like like it was there for weeks and weeks. So people would go down because it was mostly nights. Yeah, right. People would go down at nights and watch them shoot this thing. And it was, you know, <laughs> there were big flying, hovering things. And it was a really cool thing to watch. Yeah. It, like to see this science fiction movie made right there in downtown Whittier. <coughs> Uptown Whittier. Yeah. Right. But yeah, it was very fun. Was old, very town, old Town Whittier is what they called it? It's old Uptown. Uptown. Uptown Whittier. And you know, they were That's all, the old big brick buildings. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also if you want to watch the show live, Friday, 7 p.m. Pacific time, you can watch us right here at happyjacks.org slash live. Yeah. And we started on time this week. <coughs> Very close. We're only three minutes and I late. I remembered, so I showed up <laughs> on time. Right. Early. Excellent. All right. Uh, Modern Rust and GURPS from Madison. Yeah. Greetings all. Short time listener and first time emailer. Someone has to be a new listener, right? Yeah, Yay. that's true. Welcome. Thank Welcome. you. Welcome. Thank you. I've recently started getting back into gaming. I played a lot back in junior high and high school, mostly D&D, before there were version numbers, so he's our age. He is. Mm-hmm. Uh, without the internet to tell us we were wrong, we began with the red box set, mixed in older stuff from Eldritch Wizardry. He's definitely. Yeah, articles from Dragon before we settled into AD&D. Uh, along the way, we also played several of the other 
other mostly forgettable TSR games, Gamma World, Star Frontiers, Top Secret, as well as some better non-TSR games like Traveler. Did I game with you? Because this is exactly <laughs> same thing. My yeah, background. like 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 game by game by game. I mean, do I know you? <laughs> Late in college and grad school, I discovered GURPS. Pause for mandatory cheer. Yeah. Um, the disadvantage points in the character creation system was a great catalyst to turn a murder hobo into a role player. I continue to have fond memories of it. However, after I left school, I rarely played for the next 20 plus years. Sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but recently, I joined a monthly D&D 5e game. The Ooh. DM has expressed an interest in occasionally taking a break and playing instead of running. I figured I'd run something. However, my knowledge of 5e is very limited and wanted to do something different. Then an ongoing game, I'm planning to run a one-shot modern horror-slash-mystery game in GURPS. Yeah! It does that really well. Yes. Uh, I bought the 4th edition rules. I haven't changed much from 3rd. Character gen changes a little bit, but the basic game mechanics are pretty much the same. Oh, damage. There's a lot more damage types. There used to be 3, now there's like 12. That, that was veering off in a stew. Yeah, that was me. That Sorry. was away from the email. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've got a good sense for an adventure, stealing, borrowing from a novel I, I read recently. Uh, the characters will be average people, around 100 points. Uh, the game should be light on combat, but there are certain skills that the characters must have for the adventure to work, as currently planned. Uh, example, someone ha- who can pick locks. So I'm leaning towards at least partially pre-made characters, and will be passing on links to GURPS Light. Uh, the players have mostly only played D&D and Pathfinder-related games. It is uh, one... Ma- it is a one, maybe two shot, so I don't want to spend a whole session making characters. What would you recommend for getting players to buy into their characters without overwhelming them? Also, any advice on things to watch out for? As a rusty GM who has only recently started playing again, P.S. Imbibe, I recommend Chateauneuf du Pop, but consume what you like. <laughs> That's a wine from the south of France. Yeah. Primarily reds is what they're wow. known for. A little jammy. I looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nice. Uh, my I just love the adjectives they use. Oh, it's rather Episcopalian, you know. And it's, it's, it's got a, it's got a bit of a, it's got a bit of a sewer rat on the bit, uh, the end of the tongue. There. <laughs> what? PPS. My long-term evil plan is to do a long-running GURPS game, which will begin using. He means Decuma. Decuma, right. yay! Thank you. All right. Uh, first question. OpenLessonGames.com. Right. First question. You need to say that more clearly so people understand what you're saying oh. when you're plugging your stuff. I'm sorry. GoldenLassoGames.com. Sign up for the mailing list. The beta is out there. And is that lasso with one or two S's? Two S's. Okay, so just making sure. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> just making sure. Okay. Well, don't tell them that because I bought up the other one so that you know, I can make money off of whoever. Oh, God damn it. Never mind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Golden Lasso. Squatting it. There's only one way to spell lasso. Sure. Okay. Yeah. But there's yeah. a lot of ways to misspell it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I made sure, and like, this, the, like with my cosplay and with the Golden Lasso games and everything, like actual words, like, because lots of times people are like, lady, like my old one was like Lady Adina, and like I always had to stop and like spell it out for people because people no, don't know how to right. spell things. Like yes. That. So pick real words, people. Right. Happy Jacks. Happy Jacks. Yeah. <laughs> well, we get into it doesn't have it. anything to do with role playing games whatsoever. No. But everyone but knows how to spell happy yeah. and jacks. Yeah. And even if they put the apostrophe in there, they can still find the right thing. Right. <laughs> um, okay. His first question, uh, super easy to answer that one. Uh, if you're making partially pre-gen characters in GURPS, mm-hmm. come up with the stats and the skills, probably the advantages. Leave the disadvantages blank. 
Let the players come up with it. The disadvantages is the, the personality yeah. in most cases, right? Yeah. So leave that to the players. Print out a list. I mean, I think that you can even go to Steve Jackson Games website. I think there's a there's a there's a web page they have where there's like a list of all of the. They have a tool for GMs. Like, here's the allowable stuff, and you can check mark stuff that you think like these are allowable disadvantages. So it can't be like, I don't know, uh, incorporate incorporeal. Well, there's a good tip right there. They have that online. They have yeah, and then go in and, and you check mark. Checkbox them, and then you can print it, and it was just the stuff that you're approving. Mm-hmm. So you can just hand that to them. Here's a bunch of disadvantages, and, the, and, and if they need to know the, I don't know if it puts a point cost. I don't remember, but and then they can just give themselves the disadvantages, and that really is going to give them the, char- the the personality of the character. But you know they've got the skills that they're going to need for the game. And yeah, that would be my that would be my biggest suggestion. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to do full character creation, and full character creation in groups will take you an entire session. Yes, it will. Yeah. If you have multiple copies of the of the yeah, character creation that, book, if you don't, it will take multiple sessions. Now he's given them Gert's Light, which I give you high marks for because that's a really smart idea. And mm-hmm. Gert's Light is not nearly as as intimidating as the full. And it do, but Gert's it doesn't really library. give you character creation. No, but it just gives you the mechanics. It, yeah. yeah, and it will give your players a, a a very a foundation. It's more than that. It's actually a really good basis yeah. for running that for playing that game. You yeah. can actually run Gert's with Gert's Light. Yes. But um, that would be my biggest suggestion if you're making... Because, I mean, we've talked about making pre-gens... Uh, having ways to encourage players to have, to have buy-in in, in pre-gen characters. Yeah. And having them at least partially make them has been, at least in my experience, met with the most success. Absolutely. And you could do what we do. And I think Kimmy started this, maybe not. Um, but you have, all the, you have the, all the characters and you just have like a generic label on there, like fighter or... And I do it with um, with the freak show. I just have the names of the characters. I have the, the hunger artist. I have a dog boy. I have, and so people just pick this up, and then they open it up, and then they get to see what their character is. Yeah. Right. And it's kind of fun. It at least gives them this chance, like, oh, I picked this one, and now they get this sort of like opening up a present kind of thing, and what did I get? Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, if you have to have one thing, like you, spe- you specify that you need lock picking, make sure that multiple characters have it at least a little bit, because inevitably, if you get have like six players and seven character sheets, right? Because you want, oh, I want to give them options. The one you need is going to be the one they do not pick. And <laughs> you can always fail your lock pick rolls, so yeah. it's nice to have other people that have it as well. So yeah. just have some redundancy and skills, especially if you are. If that's a needed thing that has to happen, mm-hmm. if they have to get behind the lock room to, to advance the plot, make sure that that skill is redundant amongst a couple of players. Or give them a crowbar. <laughs> or give them a crowbar. <laughs> or or <laughs> give, give one guy lock pick, a lock pick set, give yeah. another guy a crowbar. Exactly. <laughs> You'll get through that door somehow. Demolitions. Yeah. Like, you know, I think that's the way to yeah. just blow it. Also, let them come up with, uh, like, the, the disaz is great, uh, but also let them come up with, like, their character names, their pronouns, like, what they look like, like, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, even th- that doesn't affect, like, the mechanics of the game at all, but it lets them really kind of feel ownership too. Right. So, um, so ha- give them a little bit of mechanical choice, um, but also let them do the fluff stuff too. And and it, it, a little unsolicited advice you didn't ask this about setting uh, preparing D and D players to play GURPS. There's a few things that you probably will want to do when you're making the characters. One, you need to min max the fuck out of them <laughs> because that's what D and D is, mm-hmm. right? So if you're going to have a guy who swings a sword and does damage with it, dump a lot of points in strength so he does a lot of damage with it, and give him a high skill level in it so he hits with it a lot. Mm-hmm. And because you're only running a small limited thing, it's not they're not going to have this growth of character and such, and no really advancing. 
yeah, make them really effective right out of the gate. I do that with the freak show. They're and that, all really effective. Because that's that's one sort of cultural shock that will happen with players coming from D&D to GURPS, is you're going to go from being, well, I'm a fighter, so I fight really well, and I don't have to do anything to my character. He just fights really well. I just have to make sure that my strength and con are as high as mm-hmm. they're supposed to be or whatever. And, and, and when you get to GURPS, it's very easy to make a generalist character. <clears throat> Super easy, and there's a good tendency to do that because it's like, oh, I'm going to put a half a point in this skill and a half a point in this yeah. skill. If you allow half points. I mean, I don't think by rules written they do, but we always used to do that. Anyway, the other thing that you're going to have... make ha- it easier? Right. <laughs> the other thing that you're going to have to watch and it's going to drive them fucking batty is the fact that everyone gets a defense roll. So right. you roll to attack, that does not mean you hit. Nope. Yeah. That means that you have a, you you've taken a swing that has the potential of hitting and now the other guy gets to take a defense roll. Either a dodge or a parry or or a block if he's got a shield, and people are going to be like, "But wait, I hit." They so are. and and that uh, we had a lot. Of, there's a we've had a lot of players who came in and played GURPS who were used to playing Dino. Like fucking Tyler, yeah, I fucking hate defense rolls. As <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. loudly declared after yeah. like the second or third time he had a an attack parried. Yeah, but um. You got to warn them that that exists, and also make sure they know it when they're getting attacked. Yeah, because that's an easy thing for them to forget. Because if they're used to playing D and D, they're not used to having that kind of mechanic. Can, yeah. can you just bypass that if you want? Just you could. Play. You I could. Think, I mean, at that point, why play GURPS? Well, yeah. Like, I mean, at that point. Well, <clears throat> Stu is always very good at at ignoring certain things in GURPS just to help streamline it because. It can be a really complicated game if you don't if you're constantly looking up every little nuance of the thing. You have a lot of it memorized, but even then, you still gloss over some of the stuff. That's mostly modifiers, because there. I mean, there are someone put, sat down and there's like an eight-page document in like eight-point fonts that in like four or six columns mm-hmm. that lists all of the possible attack modifiers. Wow. Because there's literally a shit ton of them, it's, <laughs> and it's a huge. And it's like that should not even exist. Yeah. That's I mean, crazy. don't let that intimidate you. Just to throw that out. Yeah, <laughs> screw, yeah, yeah and you, you just take whatever the most relevant modifier is going to be. Yeah. The guy's far away. Okay, what's the distance on the chart? Okay, yeah, it's, it's dark. dark. Okay, it's exactly. Yeah. But I think, um, but I think those two things, especially that 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 make the characters min max the shit out of them. Yeah, and also make sure the players understand that you have. Defense rolls. They get them as well. Make sure they know that. Mm-hmm. But you got to kind of prep them ahead of time. Just because you rolled a hit does not mean you get to roll damage. Also, prep them for GURPS being much more deadly oh, yeah. than D&D. And, and also much more real. Like, you can mm-hmm. take time to aim. Mm-hmm. And you can use a weapon you don't have a skill for. Yeah. And and stuff like that. Which they don't even think about. They're like, I can aim? Right. Wait, 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 wait. I can use his sword, but I'm a magic user. Yeah. Right. Well, you just You're not probably going to be shitty at it because all your points are in spells. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Uh, but there's probably, I'm sure, all over the internet, there's little cheat sheets. Oh yeah. I know I've seen him before. You, oh, I've had him at, like at the table when we've played. Um, if you want, you should check out our recent um, uh, the Darknet cam- uh, campaign. It's on YouTube. Right. Um, where that <clears throat> Mook was running, and Mook is like. An incredible West Coast Guru Group. Group. You know yeah. what? That's just go there. He's got all these resources. Yeah. Well, yeah. and just watch how, like, he's so good at making things run smoothly because GURPS can be a very kind of disjointed. Oh, let's check this. Oh, let's do the math on this. And he just runs it like seamlessly. You don't even see all the machinations happening because he's so smooth with just yeah. doing the math. And he said, "Oh, that hits. You hit that." Yeah. So he's taking on a lot of the work. 
for a one shot, like I would definitely like say like they have them roll and tell you what they roll. Oh, that's this. Let me help you with this. Um, unless they unless they are super great at picking stuff up, but he does a really great job with that. We should yeah. put that in the show notes. Uh, mm-hmm. He's also I, on his site on top of having great essays, the MOOC. And great dot articles, net. MOOC. The MOOC. Net, yeah, he's got uh, links to other resources <coughs> for GURPS GMs because he's passionate about GURPS mm-hmm. and really wants to expand it. And he's really really good at it and really hopes to demystify it <coughs> and, and, and take some of this. Stuff. And he wrote a book that yeah. Steve Jackson Games published Very called "How to Be a GURPS GM." Yeah. Yeah. you might want to check that out and as well. He's a great writer, and he's a, he's a everything's in a light. It's it's great if yeah. you're if you're going to run groups, invest in it. Um, and he's just a really good person. He is. He truly <laughs> is. I had another point I was going to make. As you I interrupted you. It fell out of my head. Yep. About pregens? No. Mm. About groups versus oh, D&D? Um, I like to make player mats. I have oh, this yeah. passion for them. And there might be some, some resources out there, but ostensibly, like you said, you make a flyer, but you can also make a player mat that's in front of the player at all times and just try to keep it simple. And I'm sure there's stuff out there where oh, yeah. make sure you, you know, order of combat, make sure you do a defense roll, da 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 da. And it, it, again, well, the more you can give your players a hand with this, the less freaked out they're going to be when, when something new comes at them and they don't know how to handle it. And also, if you're making pre gens, you know, of course, I mean, you probably know this, do all the math. On the character sheet yeah, oh yeah. for them, yeah. so when when you have you know here's your weapon, here's the damage it does. If it's a melee weapon, it's already calculated in the basic damage from your strength yeah. or whatever. So they don't have to do any of that stuff. They just got the numbers they have to a roll. Number. Right. And and the other thing he asks is about uh, any advice on things to watch out for for a rusty gym who has only recently started playing again. The only advice I can give is the same advice that I I had I did when or the same thing I did when I started and you're already doing it and that is. We have podcasts today, and there's a lot of them out there that will give you advice on how to play role-playing games on virtually every system that exists. Yeah. And so, yeah, you did the, made the first great first step. And you found us! How that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Regarding groups, one last thing. The dice will throw your, your D&D players as well because it's... It's roll low. It's roll low. Right. As opposed to roll high. And everybody who came from D&D yeah. is always looking for a high roll. I did it so good. I and still do that every single time I roll right. in Garps. I'm like, yeah, oh, oh. shit. Yeah, three is the super good number. Yeah. Right. Not 18. 18 yeah. you don't want to see. Oh, man. And and the other the other thing that you might f- find that the players will start, will start to like about Garps is the fact that it's, there's a bell curve with 3D6 rather than that flat yeah. probability with a D20. If you got somebody who's into that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one advice I try to remind myself all the time when I'm running a game is be a fan of your players. Yeah. Like, let them do cool things. If it's not really going to affect your storyline so much, if, they, if he wants to wear a trench coat, let him wear a trench coat. If he wants to, if he wants to have, what, like, an eye patch, let him wear an eye patch. Or right. something. You could probably have a... Maybe that could be a disad. But the point is just let them do some cool stuff and be a fan and, and just and try to yes-and as much as you can because that will free you up. Mm. You won't be sitting around going, oh, I don't know if that's legal or not, because we fall into this, well, I don't want to I don't want to break the game. If there's one little thing that happens, I don't want to break the game. Should I move my mic up? Uh, I think it just needs to be louder. Is it too quiet? It okay. sounds okay in the, yeah. in the cans. And, um, and that will, if you just say to yourself, I'm a fan, I just want them to have a great time, mm. it will free you up from having to look up every little rule or every little thing they want to try to do. It's, it's, a, it's a simple little code switch in your brain, which is I'm not glued to this book. I'm, there might be a rule for it, but I don't need to look it up right now. I just as long as it's fun, let's go with it. Uh, my advice to you will be: be forgiving of yourself. Like we all screw up when we're jamming, at, especially when you first get into it or first get back into it. Like you're gonna fuck up, and that's okay. And you're there with friends. You're there to have fun. Don't worry about being like, oh, everything's perfect. Be like. 
Oh, I fucked that up. All right, let's try again. Let's do it this other way. Like, chill out. You have fun too. Mm-hmm. Forgive yourself because you will fuck up and that's okay. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> and cheat on the player's side so they like GURPS more than D&D. Who knows? They're, yeah, they can. Because, uh, I mean, D&D com- D&D combat versus, um, at a high level D&D combat versus GURPS combat, one is a lot longer than the other. Yes. And, and the only time that uh, GURPS combat gets long is if you have two very highly skilled characters who are using weapons they can parry with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That can last a long ass time. <laughs> I mean, when you point out them that, that an aimed shot, whether it be a bow or a sniper rifle, can kill anybody with one shot, they're going to be like... Amazed. Oh yeah! <laughs> they're all of a sudden they're all going to be much more cautious, and it does affect the way they play. But yeah. it's a it's a pretty profound experience it's when you're like, you mean my level two, like grunt can take there out. There's no levels in Gurps. What are you talking no, about? Right. <laughs> your hundred point player, can right? Take out a, a can take out a dragon? Yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. If you got a sniper rifle. <laughs> and, and aim for five turns. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Nice. Um, and in, in, any other like getting back into gaming advice? I'm trying to think. I think I. Because the first thing I did is I went, I went and bought the fourth edition D and D books, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, oh, there are podcasts, and I went, oh look, there's a shit ton of RPG podcasts, yeah. I'm like, and some of them are good. Yeah, I think <laughs> like doing that. I mean, and that was there weren't any really very many actual plays at all. Like when we start started this? back then, I think the like only the actual plays I knew up was like role playing public radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There may have been a few others, but that was really it. That was yeah, really there it. weren't we, that many. We had to go to conventions and and like sit in with strangers to find out how other people solved the same problems oh, yeah. we did, yeah. was, which was awkward and weird. Yeah, um, like like actual plays like are a cool resource, especially if you find one where they're doing character gen or something like that. Um, if you're looking at the, how to do the mechanics of that or looking for inspiration for your pre-gens, um, but also, like, it's kind of a two-sided coin. Like, there's the awesome inspiration you can get from them, clarification on how to do rules, um, things you don't want to do that you can learn, oh, I don't want to do like that. Um, but there's also the other side where it's, like, it sets up really high bar sometimes, depending on what show you're watching. Um, so, again, like, don't necessarily expect you or your players. Like, a lot of APs are very highly produced shows, I won't go back into the porn thing, I promise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't get that joke, go listen to it a couple weeks ago. It was crazy uh, when we talked about actual plays. Um, but uh, The analogy still works. It's totally it, the <laughs> analogy holds. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, So realize that a lot of actual plays, especially some of the really popular ones, um, a lot of them are performers or actual actors or voice actors and things like that. So don't necessarily judge... Uh, your group or your performance based on what you've seen um, like these professional groups do. Which I'm not including us because we're not fucking professional, but <laughs> we drink too much for that. <laughs> and we don't edit. We don't edit. <laughs> you Clearly. see all the wrinkles. <laughs> yep. uh. Hey, what? <laughs> no, I, yeah, I fucking have wrinkles now. I'm sorry. Okay. I have to pull out the little gray hairs every couple weeks. It happens. Oh, that makes three grow back. No, it doesn't. What? That's bullshit. <laughs> It does mess up the texture of your hair, though, so at some point I'm going to need to stop doing that. But for now, it's so few numbers that it won't affect things. Oh, I started getting... I started getting gray at 19. I was really scared, because my dad was, like, like almost completely white by, like, his second year of college. Oh, all my, all of my okay. uh, mother's brothers, all my uncles mm-hmm. on my mother's side mm-hmm. of the family, mm-hmm. 
pool cues wow. or cue balls, all of them. Really? Oh yeah, every one of That's them. That's shocking. The little wisps of white here. I mean, and I'm talking by the time they're in their mid thirties. Ah. That's why I gave up on hair in what? What was I? Twenty nine, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's gonna go away anyway. <laughs> um. All right, the audio levels up. Let me know if they're okay. Uh, someone, uh, someone asked, "What's the crit on a three D six? Critical success is a three. A critical failure is an 18. Uh, any roll that is ten points below the rolled skill level is considered a critical success too. I believe, yeah. if I remember correctly. Uh, hi. My, yeah, I think that's right. I think it is. Yeah, and it's very cool when you get them. It is. It very is. Cool. All right, thank you very much there for the email, and uh, let us know how the how the game goes when you yeah. Play it. And thank you, like new listener, we appreciate you. Yeah, we Yay. do. We drink to you. We f- you found us in the vast and wilderness. it's not Chantof de Pop de Puff. Poop. The n- the Chateau Neuf. De Puff. De Puff. De Puff. De Pape. Pape. I don't know how to say that. Well, you just you, usually in in French, do you throw out the last five or six letters? I I don't speak. French. You don't even. I speak Californian, so it's <laughs> Chantof du Pape. The potato. Pape. 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 And it, it means like castle, the Pope's castle, or something like that. Yeah, but if you're speaking California, you have to go up at the end, like you're from the valley. Totally. That's only if you're from the valley. And that's only when one specific valley. I live That's in the, the San valley. Fernando Valley, not. The San Gabriel Valley, which is where we are, where we down talk. Yeah, we do a little bit of it. <laughs> yeah, totally. San ah. Fernando Valley is where I live, and it's like five and a half minutes from here. It's yes, like, it is. It and rains. that's where you... Huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> and okay. I remember in the 80s, when I was in high school, all of... After the Valley Girl song mm-hmm. uh, became popular... Uh, Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa. Uh, Suddenly, every girl at school started sounding like she was from... from the sounding like unit. Oh, my God. Yeah. Get me with by far. It, be, it, was, it became an affectation, like, everywhere. It's like when Flashdance came out. Suddenly, everyone's cutting all of the collars off of their sweatshirts. I loved that, oh, personally. I, I, but I just liked all the hot women welders all of a sudden. It was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All nice right. Female. You ever seen Flash, Flashdance? No. No. Oh, really? Maybe. That's pretty seminal eighties film. Maniac on the okay. Oh no no I have seen that. That's the one where she pulls the cord and yeah. like the yeah thing. yeah oh, okay. yeah. Yes I've seen that. She's like a welder by day, a yeah, stripper by night. Got yeah. It. Dancer. Um, dancer. <laughs> nah, in the eighties I think they would have been called the stripper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, taking the temp of the host from Eric in New Jersey. Hey there, Jackers. I heard you need some emails, so I figured I would see what has changed in the past few years by getting some perspective on your gaming interests right now. Mm. First question. What is your current fave and not so obscure, well, not so obscure to Happy Jacks listeners anyway, TTRPG and why? Everyone must finish their drink if Stu doesn't say GURPS or Moment of Truth. I feel like we need to eliminate the games we've written. Like, you can't say a game that you've written. no. Are, are you refusing to say that? Are you disagreeing with me? Or are you no, saying no? No, I agree with you. Okay. I agree with you. My, no my, neither of those is what I would answer right now. Currently, I okay. mean, GURPS solid fucking system. Yeah. But but right now, I, you know, I have mm-hmm. yeah. GMADD, so it's like ooh, shiny, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know what you're answering. Of course, be. of course, you know it's what I'm going to be running <laughs> what you've in, been in, in a week. About forever right. for months, and now like eight times a day, you're in Slack. Okay, go. Exotic dancer, she doesn't get naked. That's what the chat room is yeah. determined, by the way. She doesn't. I like to, to think that she does. That's <laughs> head canon, that's not the movie. <laughs> All right, first question. So what is our favorite not-so-obscure to Happy Jacks listeners, TTRPG, and why? 
You want to go first? No. Okay, then go. I'm thinking. No, I don't want to go first. Oh, no, I said you want me to go first. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, I really am enjoying Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition. The, 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 the tweaks they've made to the game mechanics, I think, have really kind of fixed the swinginess of, of a percentile dice system. Um, I think that the, the fear mechanics that they've changed, that they've updated, are fantastic. And there's chase mechanics, which, in hindsight, it's like, why did Call of Cthulhu never have chase mechanics before? Mm. It's a horror game. Of course people are going to run away from shit. Yeah. But now they have them. And they're solid. They look, they look solid. I mean, obviously I haven't played them yet, so I don't know for but sure. there's but also, I mean, you could be chasing, you know, zombie, zombified people. I guess it's part of the horror thing because you're mm-hmm. chasing, or the cops are chasing you. Or, or anything. Yeah. Right, yeah. Anything. It doesn't matter who's chasing who. It's just, you, yeah. You, and, need, and, you need to chase rules for sure. And it's, it, they're, they're, they're solid. And, and the GMing advice section actually kind of even tweaks the mechanics further because there's mm. one, one of the things they mentioned is that a failure on the on a personal role does not necessarily mean the person failed it might mean that they succeeded in a way that they really didn't want to succeed mm-hmm. so I mean because with with a, a d100 system being as swingy as it is it's really I mean just because you have a 70 percentage in, in a skill it's like okay yes if I make a million rolls on the dice, seventy percent of them will succeed. But I'm only care about this one time right now, right. and that doesn't, and that has no effect. So, um, and then also the, um, I, I've, I've got a few titles from from seventh edition. I got the Keeper's Book and the Investigator's Book. Um, I got the Grimoire, which someone had suggested I get. Would thank you. That was a, a, a good purchase. A lot more spells in it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I've never really used. Uh, the Cthulhu Mythos magic in a Call of Cthulhu game before. I've only run it a couple times, mm-hmm. but um, I, I'm going to try to 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 integrate that in because I think it could be kind of fun because it's a great way to make players go insane. Yeah, just have them cast you know dark magic spells, and then um, what is the other one I got? I just got another one. Uh, oh, I got the uh, field guide, which is basically kind of like a bestiary. Mm. But it's literally for players. It's mm-hmm. not for the GM. It's cool oh. that they have all those resources out it's, there now. It's a, it's it's li- literally written like a field guide. It's That's like cool. here's the a bayaki. Here's oh. what it looks like. Here's an illustration it of it. It looks like a little journal, like somebody wrote. Yeah, That's and there's cool. no stats for them. Nice. There's no there's no combat That's stats cool. or anything so like it's that. It's like it, a diary entry. Somewhere. It's it, yeah, and it's That's all cool. looks it's all handwritten and hand sketches and stuff. It's really cool. So it'd be a cool prop for that. It's for for a GM. I don't really need it. You could it. also xerox them off, right? And it's like you find this under the desk, you know? No. Oh. Exactly. Exactly. And then I got one other one. I can't remember what it was. It was uh, something uh, Echoes of Carcosa mm-hmm. or something like that. I can't remember the name of it. Ripples from Carcosa, which is also a, a seventh edition. One of the, there's not very many seventh edition. I thought it was a Ben and Jerry's flavor. It is. <laughs> it is. Um, and, and that's a good book. It's, it's mostly an anthology of, of adventures, but it has some some other information in it as well, which I thought was interesting and entertaining. But the, right now, that the, because it's the new, sh- it's my new shiny. Mm-hmm. It's it's called Cthulhu Seventh. Mm-hmm. Favorites, and then we'll then we'll do mine. My favorite, actually, believe it or not, it, well, no, you probably know, it's Traveler. Mm. Oh yeah, I find it elegant and simple, and I actually have dreams, and I've been trying to think about a way to run mongoose traveler. Mongoose mm-hmm. traveler. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. it's important to specify um, that. I'm running like like a <clears throat> low tech level game that could basically be like a D and D game where people have got swords or maybe muskets or something, uh, just to see how well that happens. Because 
the game is remarkably flexible. You don't have to constantly stay in space oh, and, sure. and high-tech stuff. <coughs> I've never really explored the lower aspect of it, but I've looked at it, and it's like, there's no reason that shouldn't work. There's no reason you couldn't do like a Musketeers game using the Traveler rules. Mm-hmm. It's just tech level two. Or there was either five. a very cheap or free giveaway back in the first edition Mongoose days mm-hmm. for an adventure called Cowboys vs. Xenomorphs. And it was an old west. It uses the traveler rules. Cowboys versus aliens. Yeah, <laughs> and it was, uh, and they even had it like one or two careers in the back of the book, for yeah for themed characters. I think it would. I, I think the game, the game is built with all these tech levels, so you can definitely play within those parameters. And and I I like combat's just long enough. Everything makes sense. Armor subtractive, you know. The, yeah. the weapon damage all makes a lot of sense. It's not broken. There's, it's hard to break the game. Really, you can't really make an overpowered character because the character gen is so random. Right. It's, it's just a lot of fun for me. And I, I really like the character gen. And I really like the type of playing that comes out of the fact that people are playing these unexpected characters. Mm-hmm. And it really, it, it expands. It, it works for the GM. It works for the players. It, it changes everybody's play style completely. And it's it's a real journey of discovery every time you play it. Mm-hmm. It's okay. a robust system. Yeah, it is. You can, And it's 2D6. That's it. You just put everything else away and you have 2D6 and you can play this game. And mm-hmm. it, it works just as well as people Well, it's it. only 2D6 because you never hit. So you never <laughs> need to roll multiple <laughs> dice for That's damage. That's true. Bring four anyway, just in case you, you know, get hit by a boulder or something. Yeah. Let's see. My favorite right now, I think, uh, right now is Masks for PBTA. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of different, like, games in that are powered by the apocalypse. But I think... Um, of current ones that are published, Masks is my favorite. It was my first one I tried. We got bored the other day in the middle of the day and streamed a one-shot of one, which ended up being a two-shot at some point. It will be a two-shot. Um, <clears throat> and I just, like, going through it on Tuesday this week, like, it's just such a great system. It captures exactly what it's looking for. Your teenagers, the way influence works, it, like, just really captures what it's like to be a teenager and have peer pressure and have, like, you know... Uh, like what they think of me matters to me or no it doesn't matter to me right now and just all the different mechanics you can use with the team pool and uh, just the way the powers work and how all the books are written are just so so good and it just captures that teen titans you know young justice feel of uh, you know what it's like to be teen superheroes who have these adults you're trying to live up to and do a good job and it's just so much fun to, to, to dive mm-hmm. into that um, and yeah it's so I'm so good I love superhero games anyway yeah. I think more people need to play them because it is it, they're a lot of fun mm-hmm. you can fly and make power and there's this you know when you level up you get to add the powers or, or, or yeah. increase power it's so much fun and liberating and and you don't you're not constrained by some mythical age mm-hmm. you you're you know you're in LA mm-hmm. so you can like sit around like i'm going to that building that my mom works in yeah i mean it it's so much fun i'm yeah. just i i think people dismiss the superhero genre as sort of being dumb and stupid and, and you can have so much fun playing superhero games yeah. i encourage everyone to try it yeah and they did such a great job of building the playbooks for that game like they're all just these great arc it only takes a couple minutes to build characters the connections between the characters are all really cool and appropriate and it's just it's so much fun it's 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 like superhero teens like how like right. teen titans yeah, yeah exactly Young and they Justice just is perfect it's all the fun parts of being a teenager but like just enough of like the angsty well, I broke that building, so my mom grounded me for a week. Like, <laughs> there's just enough of like that, like a little bit of like high school problems, and it's just it's fun. It's just very cool, and I, I, yeah, I liked it very much. And Least favorite? 
Oh, least favorite. I'm actually not a big fan of Fate. I find myself mm. constantly. I'm, I have a really hard time immersing in the game and getting getting into character because mm-hmm. I'm constantly looking at uh, what little aspects I want to tap and stuff. I'm, it's so strategic in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like playing cribbage. You're constantly looking to see what points you can get. Right. And what, and, and and you're doing. It, it, I, I'm never fully immersed. I'm busy running numbers and looking for advantages mm-hmm. all over the game, all over the board, and mm-hmm. reading little tags. I have a hard time getting the role playing part of it. It it's it always takes me out and way out, and I never have to get back in. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit burned out on Wild Talents right now. <laughs> Are you? What? <laughs> no, it's the worst. I love the game that I'm running right now, um, but I just I think because I've run that system so much, I I think I would have a great time playing in it. I'm a little bit burned out on running it right now, and I think. Like trying PBTA and a couple other things right now, um, and and masks a little bit, like has kind of shown me, oh, like the type of game I like to run doesn't need all the crunch that Wild Talents has. Right. Um, I love the combat aspect of it. I still think that Wild Talents does uh, superhero combat better and more realistically, as like what we picture from comic books and movies, mm-hmm. better than just about any other system. Um, but yeah, there's just like. I don't know. Point by systems are not my favorite right now. <laughs> right. Maybe a little burnout. I think I, that's exactly what and it that's is. That's fair. I think. I Although, think take I, a break from it and come back. I think Champions can. probably, Champions combat-wise combat, combat wise for superheroes, mm-hmm. is probably about about as accurate or as true to comic books as it can get. There's something so great about rolling 30 dice. Yeah. So I, but it does I'm take 10 minutes to brick. <laughs> but the, the cool thing about Wild Towns, I'll still like say, it's like the the fact that you can interrupt each other so easily mm-hmm. in a fight. That that there's no other system that replicates that as well as Wild Towns does. Right. Where like someone, well, no one really knows who's going to go first because that's determined by the dice roll. Right. right? right yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I'm going to punch him in the face. I'm going to shoot him in the head. Oh, but does my bullet land? And you punch through a cloud of blood, or oh shit, you punched him first, and then I shot you in the hand. Like right. you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> so wait, as far as that part, I still am. It's that, great. My turn? Yeah. yeah. FFG Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Good choice. Yeah. Good choice. Fantastic products. I would just wish the system was, wasn't was as cumbersome as it is. Yeah. The, 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 the choices they made for character creation are just make overcomplicate the process of making a character. Mm-hmm. Just way too much. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that system either. Now that you bring that up, uh, that might that might be a close second. That might actually trump fate. But, mm. uh, because I didn't like the L5R we were doing either. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind the dice mechanic. Yeah, I, I, I don't like the fact that I'm constantly when I'm GMing, I'm constantly. It's like, oh, well, now you need to come up with a a complication for the success for picking the lock, right. or now you have to come up with a, a a a drawback for the success of doing this. And I'm like, oh, come on, just can I just we just go? Yeah, I need to look at the <clears throat> the L5R now. It's out of beta and just see because I feel like a lot of our problem with the beta is like flipping back between stuff. Because I like the dice mechanic personally. The dice mechanic, I'm I, a big I, fan of it. I like it much better in L5R <coughs> than in the FFG Star Wars. Right. Much better. Um, apparently, it's kind of still a hot mess, and yeah. it's and it's it's lost the lethality that it had before. Yeah, that is the one thing. Like those duels need to be. It, it is stressful vi- it, it as fuck. Well. I haven't looked at it, but Tappy said it's still very difficult to to one shot someone with a katana. He didn't say it was impossible. It's well, it might it might be. He may have said impossible. I don't I don't okay. remember. But I think but I but I'm not I don't know if, I don't recall exactly, but yeah. it should it should be like if you're going to get in a duel with someone, it's very likely one of you isn't going to walk away. Right. It yeah. reminds me I found an article I need to send you guys about 
somebody found an old article or translated some stuff about the one-shot school or the one the one who's oh, called. Yeah. I'll show it to you. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> it's actually historic. Yeah. Okay. And uh, another question was about: uh, Do we have a favorite I'm obscure? Oh, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What is your favorite obscure RPG oh, right. and why? Make someone drink if you think up an answer for something good that's more obscure than anything Toppy could come up with. Well, he's not That's here. not going to happen. Um, <laughs> it might, because I have a really obscure one. That oh, I yeah? A long time ago, and I really liked the setting. It was an old TSR game, I think. I think I, it, it re-released it recently. It's called Metamorphosis Alpha. Oh. Never heard of it. That's obscure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was a release sort of small indie game. You could look it up. You could mm-hmm. Go ahead and type it up and look it up. But the setting was really, really cool. And it was sort of you... It took, I don't want to spoil it because mm-hmm. the setting is sort of once you discover what the setting is you're like oh but you um, it was sort of like a Gamma World-esque kind of thing with sort of weird mutated animals and you were sort of like commandy kind of primitive human person trying to figure out what the heck's going on um, and I thought it was a TSR game yeah it is it's uh, created by James M. Ward and originally produced by TSR okay mm-hmm. <coughs> and later in second edition they changed it I don't know if the Publisher change though doesn't say, but Not it was a lot of fun. Stuff. Maybe it's just sort of a zeitgeist thing because I played it like it was one of my early, early, early mm-hmm. forays into into games. But uh, I seem to remember it played pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still kind of D and D esque because again, back in the day, there was D and D and Traveler, and that was kind of it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, you go first. You kind of already picked an obscure game because I mean. Masks is not super obscure, though. I feel like... I, I didn't guess say it's super obscure, but it's... No. Obsc- I mean, compared to the top three or four RPG No, yeah, 100%. Um, I would say right now, um, I haven't played it yet. I've watched other people play it, and I'm very interested in playing it. Um, it's another PBTA game. Uh, it's called Bluebeard's Bride. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically like you're going through that fairy tale. Um, I googled it just to make sure I got everything right about it. And it's... Uh, you are... Like, if you know the fairy tale, it Bluebeard, uh, you know, marries this woman, and she... I've never even heard of this You've never heard tale. of fairy tale? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she basically, like, he ends up being a murderer. She goes through the house, and she finds the bodies of his previous wives. Oh, okay. So, um, and uh, I think that's how it goes. But, uh, so, you, it's like a horror RPG, so you go through... Um, and I've heard there's a lot of, like, female empowerment in it and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so, that's the one I'm, like, most interested in, in getting into next... And going through it, and it's like a, a horror um, kind of uh, investigatory type right. type game. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm interested in that one. That's slightly more obscure than masks, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, the only one I can that's popping into my brain, which is on my list of things I want to eventually run, is Blood and Honor by John Wick, mm-hmm. which is because uh, he obviously wrote L5R, mm-hmm. um, and he's basically wrote sort of a lighter rules samurai game. Uh, that borrows some from Fate and some oh. other m- more modern systems, mm-hmm. uh, and that's something that. And you like you you like randomly generate the daimyo of the of the the holding that the players characters mm-hmm. belong to and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I think that would be kind of a fun thing to play. Not a real long campaign, but maybe like a you know two or three session game. Yeah. I have an honorable mention. It's mm-hmm. sort of obscure, and it's also one of my favorites. Um, Tune. Oh, oh fuck yeah, yeah Tune! I have yeah. never had more fun. Mm-hmm. I've never I've laughed so hard that my stomach and cheeks hurt than playing Tune every time I've played it. I nice. have never had more fun. And, and there's someone at our, our cons. Does he still run it there? Um, Gary Mack. He mm-hmm. still runs. Gary Mack runs. I don't know. I haven't seen him in a while. I've seen him, but but he used to run a, just a great Tune game. And it's a simple. It's a GURPS derivative. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it is 
I never have more fun. It's so you get to play in a cartoon. It's anvils drop on you and you don't die. Mm. And you know if you if you're trying to defeat the bandit, you can just make a fake bank and they can come into church or draw a hole in the in the in the in the Side cliff the and cliff, the guy right. can run in. Yeah, I mean all of that fun stuff. And it's kind of obscure because nobody thinks about playing it, but it is. It is so much fun, and it's a great one-shot game. If you wanna, if you wanna just get together with friends and laugh, yeah. play tune, and you can so. do it in about three or four hours. Yeah. Oh, literally, my sides hurt from laughing so hard playing that game. <laughs> nice. and you don't get that very often. Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, I figure question two will cause enough people to send emails and defending systems you list uh, to last you a few months. In the meantime, everyone have a drink. Love, Eric from New Jersey. Uh, and when none of us said D&D So we all get to drink for that too He said yeah. also give someone a drink If they say something other than D&D And none of us said D&D Oh, alright we're, <laughs> we're drinking Yay well, fifth, fifth edition is fine I mean it, it still has all of the problems that, that I've always had with yeah. Every version of D&D But you know that going in Yeah know, They're not like going to change that They haven't changed it in five editions They're never going to change it mm-hmm. So It's the devil you know You know you go and It's the bargain right. you make When you play D&D And at some point You can whine about it But that's D&D Play something else You don't like And every couple of years We kind of start missing it We play it again And then we remember Oh yeah yeah. That's why I don't want to play that Yeah Oh yeah Although I do like The outlawing uh, feats That uncomplicates (laughs) The system quite a bit Yes Suggestions for being a good player from Simon in London. Dear Happy Jackers. Wait, you have to do it with a London accent. Lots of people give out. No, it's Australian. That's Australian. (laughs) (laughs) Can't do English anymore. Can't do English anymore. Lots of people give ideas on how to be a good player. It's hard to do something else. A few people give recommendations on how to be a good player. So, uh, what are your ideas for being a good player? Here are a few of mine to get you started. Make a suitable character for the game in question. Yeah. You might want to play a ninja in a Western game, but that, but it will, it will spoil in fucking Japan. <laughs> 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 but it may spoil the game for other players. If you can't think of a suitable character, it is probably better to not play in that game. Mm-hmm. This also means playing someone who would get involved in whatever is happening in the game. Playing someone who ignores a plot hook or passes it over to an NPC doesn't help the game. Be respectful in other players and GMs. Be respectful of other players and GMs. Mm-hmm. Do we want to discuss this first part? No, go ahead. Okay. We'll get to uh, most of this is obvious. However, being respectful doesn't mean agreeing or following on with something that another player does if it's something you wouldn't enjoy. I have a particular dispi- dislike for players doing dumb stuff and hoping that everyone at the table will yes and it. Mm-hmm. Let your character develop. You may have an idea of who and where you you want your character to go, but unless the GM is specifically working with you to get that outcome, then it's likely that the goals and aims of the character will change, as will the way that they do stuff. To quote Muhammad Ali, a 60-year-old man who sees the world who sees the world the same way he did when he was 20 has wasted 40 years. Yeah, nice. This counts for both in character, in character motivations and out of character skills and talents. I thought maybe it was a misspelling. Oh yeah, so no. I had to stumble <laughs> into that. Lastly, and most importantly, do not be a dick. Yes. Yours, yours, Simon from London. I, or I, I like uh, um, Kimmy's, Kimmy's uh, yeah. number, which is do not play with assholes. Yeah. Right. Don't be an asshole. Any more? Any more you can think of? Uh, being a good player, I, I also think it means um, setting the scene to show up prepared, show up, bathe, <laughs> bring some food, you know, and food to share, stuff to share as well. Right. Don't, don't just hoard your own, these are mine. Um, and, and, have a can-do attitude, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't don't be so dogmatic that you know it's it's only one way to do this. And um, mm-hmm. 
be open to lots of suggestions and even to the GM. The GM might have a really different spin on a game and it's going to might take it, but go with it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, have a can-do attitude and say, oh, let's, let's see what happens. Because a lot of people show up with scripts in their head and backstories they want to mm-hmm. explore and they don't, they're not flexible enough to be open to this experience that it, the GM and the rest of the players are providing for And them. same goes for the GM. Yeah. That's also good advice for any GM. Yeah. I, I think this, this part here where it's like, I have a particular dislike for players doing dumb stuff and hoping that everyone at the table will yes and it. There's a lot of people who think being a good role player is about being their character perfectly and completely and not doing things their character would never do. And you have to realize when you sit down at the table, it becomes a collaborative event. So if you always do the thing that your character would do to the detriment of everyone else's fun at the table, that's being a dick. Yes. I read that as, and I've run into these people at, mm-hmm. at games before too, which is the person that thinks of being a good role player is doing the most outrageous thing. Possibly. And sometimes Those are kind that. of two different things, but yeah. they're, 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 bo- they're, yeah, they're both salient points. Yeah. The, like, I feel like the people who do the most outrageous thing like might be like attention-seeking, or they might be the person who's just like... Like whether they're if they're playing the Batman character, I have no family. Like, and they're just like, I will never walk into. I'm a loner. I always walk o- w- yeah. walk off by myself and do things yeah. at sidebar constantly with the GM. Yeah, right? I will. <laughs> everyone else is away right now, but my character wouldn't wait. I'm gonna go into the den of the bad guy all by myself, and you're just like, uh, cool. We're all thirty minutes away. Like, right. you know, and it's just like there, there's situations like that where. Yes, that might be the thing that if you were in a solo game, if this was a movie about your character only, that would be an awesome moment. But you have to kind of be aware that there's other people at the table, and none of you are actually your characters. Well, I would <laughs> give the ca- caveat, if a player one, if a player's built a character who's impulsive and overconfident, and yeah, I don't need to wait for everyone else to go in and take the kick. Kick the really? bad guys' like, ass. Yeah, it goes go down the wrong corridor while waiting for everyone else. I'm gonna go ahead, set, when the sorcerer is overconfident. My, my problem is when I that kind of that. player then gets upset because of the very obvious repercussions of that action. Exactly. Yes. Which is, which is okay. You get your ass handed to you, and now you're tied up in a corner. Yeah, and nobody trusts you next time. See, I think that's because that, your character did that like that one time. But, and, but you grew from it. You learned from that, and that ties in I with did, the other thing. I did, and I had established that he's an arrogant. Right. I mean, right. Was, I was not actually using. I wasn't meaning you. No, when I, I know. Said that. No, okay. I know. I brought it to my because come on, it's about I, me all I the think time. She was no, <laughs> but um, but I I've played with people who do that time and time again, and like yeah. they get mad at the repercussions of it. They get mad when the NPCs don't react a certain way to what they expected to happen. Right. It's like, well, you just murdered everybody in their family. Why would they talk to you and give you their information? Like, they, they don't care. Or whatever it is. It's like, no, I don't think they're going to be super cooperative. I don't care what your, you know, charm role was after you murdered everyone else in the room. Right. Like, things like that. Like, your actions will have those repercussions. And if you're not willing to let your character, A, grow and realize, wow, that time I walked in by myself was a big mistake. I'm going to not do that again. Right. Then that, like, again, it's this is not your solo backstory film you know this isn't the Han Solo movie with you being Han Solo this is you know Star Wars where every, everybody has their little bits right yeah so I, I, I kind of almost boil that down to understanding the difference between good and bad metagaming yeah because good metagaming is saying okay my character would totally do a sidebar right now and tie up the GM for the next half yeah. hour mm-hmm. but that means that the other five people at the table are going to spend 
a combined two and a half hours、mm-hmm. of human time、mm-hmm. not doing anything and staring at their phones while I do this. So instead of doing that, I'm going to see if I can come up with a reason why my character wouldn't do that, or at least try to include some of the other characters in it. Or <laughs> that、something. is a、yeah. very, very good point. And that's being a generous player, and、yeah. it's again using your example about、uh, the p- other players are 30 minutes away. Logically, in the real world, a lot of people would just walk in and take it,、uh, but then now they're not part of it.、Mm-hmm. A good meta gamer would be like, "Well, I need backup, or I need to, you know, I need to." I'm preparing say, my stuff. I'm going to sneak in and see what I can see, right? And then d- get some intel, and then、right. when everyone shows up, I'll meet them outside. It's、yeah. great. I mean, there's a lot of ways around that without trying to steal all of the spotlight. Yeah, and without being flexible, like you've got to be flexible with, because people are flexible. Like there's no like like we we do something and then we make a mistake we learn from it、um, so so don't have such a rigid view of who your character is that you can't then work collaboratively with the other characters and the other people at the table you have to remember first and foremost there are other people at the table who are not their characters who all drove across town yeah and they're all there to have fun yeah. yeah all of them are there to have fun not just you yeah、right. and if you keep pulling all your the other characters into combat over and over unless they're a group that loves combat because、right. maybe they are that's what they love then great. But like over and over and over, and you're just like, oh, for the love of God, please stop, please stop doing the same thing. Like that can be frustrating. <laughs> There's a lot of ways that people are dicks. To be、yeah. to be honest,、uh, we've only covered a couple, but、uh, th- broadly speaking, there are things that sometimes pe- that players are just that's their personality and they're irritating. And、yeah. I don't know if there's any way really to fix that other than ending the games or whatever. But it's hard. That's why when you get a good group that、mm-hmm. uh, you know at least. Aren't dicks all the time? <laughs> you, you, you want to keep playing with them, like we do here at Happy Jacks. Yeah. So we're we're very lucky with that. But yeah, I mean, just talk to them about it. There's definitely a learning curve to being to being a good player. And this list is great. And there's, I think, some really important points. You know, letting your character develop. Like we're kind of like going over a lot of this. But also, like understand, like people has to have characters have to develop, but people as players have to develop. Like I am sure the first time I sat down to play an RPG, I was probably a dick. Not on purpose, but because it's the first time you're like, oh no, this is my character, or this is what I'm going to do. I know, like you have these things, and then as you d- develop, just like you develop as a GM, you improve your skills, you improve your ability to come up with things. As a player, you improve your ability to work collaboratively, to stay true to who your character is, and not ruin everyone else's time and、right. things like that. So give people time too.、Mm-hmm. So yeah, sorry, I was that was a little bit of a rant from me. I'm done、mm-hmm. now. Very good. Well, we're we're at the we're、oh, at that time. Good job.、Uh, thank you very much, Simon from London, for the yeah.、Email. Thanks, Simon. And thank all of you for emailing us.、Yes. If you'd like to email us next week, or not next week, but if you'd like to email us for a future episode, happyjacksrpg at gmail dot com. Yeah. And I will play the music.、I'm, should I play the a preview of the Call of Cthulhu song? Yes. Okay. Wait. Wait. You have to tell about this first.、Uh, this this song it's called Casilda song, and it is from my reading, the only. Thing that has actually been written from the King in Yellow,、mm-hmm. which is the lyrics to the song,、uh, which is supposedly in Act One, Scene Two of the of the play, The King in Yellow.、Mm-hmm. Um, so I took the music, which is written by Robert C. Chambers, who I wrote The King in Yellow, the the short story anthology, and I put music to it, and I also made one of the verses a chorus because it needed a chorus. <laughs> <laughs> that seems legit. And you know what? I will. I'll just play the song out, and I、yeah. won't even talk over it.